welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Alvin. Data is everywhere in our businesses, and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. We've partnered with Dataversity to provide listeners with 20% off your first training center purchase with promo code AlgmanDL. Go to dataleadershiptraining.com to learn more. Today on episode 85, we welcome Dave Fink. Dave thinks the best kept secret in marketing is hiding where you least expect it, your mailbox. Over a 20-year career, he's generated hundreds of millions of dollars in ad revenue, powered viral sensations, and now as founder and CEO of Posty, he's out to reinvent direct mail marketing for a digital world. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So like we do with all our first-time guests, just please take a few minutes and give us the story of your career and how your earlier experiences led you to doing what you do now. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it's certainly crazy to think about um, how fast time goes. Uh, the, yeah, I spent I think so much of my the early days of my career like like wanting desperately to be one of these you know young, youthful, you know CEO entrepreneurs, and here I am, you know, at forty six years old, looking back at um, yeah, I mean like yeah, tw twenty five years or so of um, of, 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 of history here, um, you know, in consumer internet space. And, and so, you know, my, my career really kind of happened accidentally, you know, graduated college, uh, thought I was going to get a, a, a PhD in clinical psychology and, uh, you know, was not, was not enjoying kind of that, um, research-based academic lifestyle. And uh, I had a friend who worked for an internet company in Chicago, where where I was uh, I was studying at, at, at Northwestern, and um, and I applied for a very entry level job at a marketing technology company, very much you know Web 1.0 business, um, and was there for uh, about eight years in uh, really in in kind of a quantitative advertising sales role, and had an opportunity to learn. Um, from, you know, some of the most interesting web 1.0 businesses that went from crazy ideas to, you know, in some cases, hundreds of millions of dollars of, of revenue, um, you know, tackling some, some pretty big spaces and, um, and kind of the, fr from that point on, um, I got bitten by the entrepreneurial bug. I had an opportunity to get involved in, um, you know, touching, launching, investing, um, in probably close to 75 different businesses uh, over the next 20 years or so. And those businesses always kind of um, ranged, you know, between um, consumer brands that relied very heavily in kind of a knowledge of, of you know, direct-to-consumer, data-driven growth, um, really brought, you know, you know, or certainly accelerated by, you know, technology and the internet. Um, and then, um, and the other half of the businesses that, that I had experienced, you know, building, working at, et cetera, um, you know, were marketing technology companies that provided um, kind of emerging capabilities, um, always focusing on, on, you know, on, you know, uh, you know, internet um, channels um, to, to both, you know, traditional brands and, and kind of, you know, um, you know, challenger consumer internet brands. And the common theme with, with kind of all those businesses were, it was, they were always data-driven quantitative businesses that relied very heavily on, what you could do with insights and knowledge on customers and media channels um, to, to have a, a distinct competitive advantage in oftentimes very competitive spaces. Hmm. 
so where we're going with this so obviously like with posty right we're, we're going to be end, we're going to end up talking about like using the mail like the physical <laughs> mail and we're going to like direct mail stuff and i am just so fascinated that like you've done all of these high-tech internet-based things you've learned the quantitative analysis obviously the data is telling you something here and that is something that i um you'll really hold on one sec is that a robot or a um, traditional phone? Okay, so my phone, I don't even know how my phone works and literally no one's ever called me on it. And so that that that's supposed to be going away. And so now I'm just completely befuddled. But um, I, I didn't know how to like ignore the ringer. So we'll just we'll just uh, we'll, we'll come back to that. No, that that's um, I'll amazing. just pick up and find a way to, to edit it back in. I hope you don't. I hope you don't edit that out because um, for all of us who have, you know, who who you know are probably certainly in our forties, that specific ring is so iconic. I mean, that was the corporate <laughs> phone ring that we all had for so many years. I'll keep that in mind. Then maybe I will just <laughs> leave that in um, out of some like nostalgic interest, but then also out of kind of like just laziness of not wanting to go back and, and <laughs> yeah, edit it yeah, all and try to find a way to, to seamlessly move it back in. But what we were getting at, regardless of how we end up uh, dealing with this, um, you know, what I was getting at is, is that it, it it's this strange juxtaposition where you, you've done all of this high tech work and you find yourself using what is one of the most traditional nostalgic mediums there is in, in direct mail. So can you, let's, let's start, just tell take us through that journey. How did you go from internet-based marketing, digital marketing, obviously, which you know very well to realizing, Hey, there's, there's a somewhat untapped opportunity here with direct mail and how'd you, how'd you make that connection and, and then create a business around it? It would well, happen super organically, quite, quite frankly. So um, the years um, leading up to uh, the idea and, and, and the launch of Posty, uh, I was a partner at a tech studio in Santa Monica. And we, um, similar to the rest of, of kind of the businesses um, I was, I've been involved with in my career, we um, invested, incubated, bought and sold um, consumer internet businesses um, ranging from consumer brands and uh, marketing technology platforms, like I think most, um, you know, I think most both entrepreneurs and marketers in general, we got bit by the, you know, social and search, you know, advertising bug and, you know, and, and certainly had a lot of fun and a lot of success for a number of years, riding the coattails of, you know, really Facebook, um, you know, for demand gen and, um, you know, lived through that whole um, really bell curve where in the beginning, you know, Facebook clearly was this like m this platform with monster user engagement and no sophistication or desire to build marketing technology tools. And for those of us who were playing in the space 12 years ago or so, you know, can remember the frustration of how hard it was to actually find any ROI on the channel, but you still, you know, you still had to play there because that's where consumers were spending more and more of their time online and on mobile. And then they eventually, you know, kind of rolled out what, you know, it, you know, evolved into the most sophisticated marketing technology stack that, that we had ever seen. Their lookalike tools, their audience insight tools, et cetera. And, and they gave us a lot of information, ability to get to know um, how to work with our own first party data and build prediction into our media spends. 
and um, and and they and do that all in in social media, which allowed for storytelling. And so so there was you know a few year period there was where it was like everything we touched was you know was sunshine and rainbows. And and then the entire world wisened up and started dumping you know vast majority of their demand dollars into you know into Facebook um, so much so that now um, you know between Facebook and Google they own eighty five percent of of you know that that the online ad world budgets which is crazy and their marketplaces and so ad rates sort of going up and up and up you know they both love to play with their algorithms and um and kind of wreak havoc in every marketing um, department where you have good months and bad months good quarters and bad quarters and we were literally you know um you know waking up and all the cmos in our portfolio companies were waking up with knots in their stomach like wondering mm -hmm. like is facebook gonna work today or not work today and, and that is literally gonna be the determining factor on whether we can raise our next round of funding or whether we're profitable this month or this quarter. And that's a really dangerous place to be. So for, for, for us, we, all we were trying to do was, you know, take the capabilities and investment that we had made in this really kind of data driven, predictive test and optimization approach to, to, you know, demand gen to, to growth um, that Facebook and Google and Trade Desk and DV360, like all these programmatic platforms allowed for and find other other channels. And, and first we started in other digital channels. But you know, if you if you go back even just six years ago when we launched Posty, you know, Snap existed, but it didn't have an ads platform and TikTok didn't exist. And there was like Tumblr and Twitter, but neither of them are really, you know, big ad based businesses. And so there just wasn't anything um, where we could allocate a big portion or reallocate a big portion of our Facebook ad spend that was no longer profitable and just like, you know, point the fire hose somewhere else. So for us, we started spending more time offline and because everything is data driven, quantitative, you know, predictive test and optimization measured, um, we had to find channels offline where we could run those same type of controlled playbooks. And direct mail really was the you know original quantitative media channel, right? It's it's an addressable channel where you're taught you know you're speaking directly to individuals at households. It's actually bigger than Facebook and Google because anyone with an address is reachable. So when you look at the numbers, really it's about 20, 25 percent bigger from an addressability perspective than than the two biggest online channels. Um, you know, there's a wealth of data, both first party and third party, that you can use to gain insights. Um, build targeting, build, um, you know, lookalike um, models, um, do programmatic, um, you know, campaign executions. And then, you know, most brands now have a way to triangulate identity data with, you know, back to their customers or conversions. And so when you put all that together, you have, you know, reach and scale, you have targeting and optimization, and you have insights and measurement that doesn't look any different than a digital channel. So for us, we got excited about it and we wanted to go execute these campaigns. And we learned really quickly that nothing had changed executionally in the direct mail space in like 30 years. And so it, it was like three month lead times to stand up, you know, campaigns. It was, you know, audiences that were being built using like outdated, you know, math and, and certainly not leveraging, you know, machine learning and algorithms and predictive modeling the same way. Um, measurement was done off Excel sheets, you know, at the end of a campaign. So like you have a hypothesis today, three months later, you get your campaign out the door, two months later, you're getting results. You can't even remember what your hypothesis was five months after you like you like set out to start the campaign. So, so the idea for us was just simply like, huh, like maybe it's possible to build kind of the, the marketing automation layer that behaves like Facebook ad manager or like, you know, 
double click did back in the day originally for um display or or the trade desk does for um for um you know programmatic and um and if we did that could we you know open up the possibility and performance of of the channel to a different level so um you know not to go too too long here but you know to to be you know clear like yes we're talking about a, a very tangible traditional media channel but everything that we do is data science technology automation software so the, the actual day to day of what we're building outside of the the operation and logistics side of the business doesn't look any different than any other technology business that that I've been involved in over the past 25 years that makes a lot of sense and i think about the steps that lead up to sending uh, the steps that lead up to sending the mail right it, it, all of that would look just like all of the steps that lead up to creating the internet based ad and then you think about okay well then the mail goes off into the world and then some people interact with it and we can get feedback loop on how they've interacted with it there's ways to get the the codes and things like that but then once once we have that that feedback loop comes back to us then all of the post engagement data returns to you the same way that the internet channels would and and that makes sense because i think a lot of the time and i've dabbled i'm certainly no marketing expert but i've dabbled with internet advertising and while there's a lot of data that comes back there's only so much real information and knowledge like usable actionable things based on individual clicks and things like that you're still looking at aggregations of a bunch of stuff and and so the channel itself is just one more channel and that makes sense to me. And so how did you, uh, I guess the, the, the economics behind this have to be different in terms of what it costs to go and execute a direct mail campaign versus what it costs at least on a per click or per eyeball level on the internet. But how do those economics shake out like pound for pound and, and, are there some businesses that that this works better for and some that don't? I would imagine that would be the case, right? Sure. Um, so there, there are two sides to that question. I, mm -hmm. you know, the, the first piece is, you know, for quantitative marketers that are looking at, you know, measured results and, and you know, and that understanding, get it. Um, you know, what, they're, what they should be thinking about is we have this budget to spend to grow our business, you know, based on the expected results, the number of you know, new customers we acquired, the quality of those customers, the total you know, revenue that comes in from those initial transactions, the expected lifetime value of those customers, you know, what is, you know, wh where is the best you know, place to, to put you know, this, this budget? And if you look at that, um, you know, then, you know, then you're valuing, you know, hey, if I had a million dollars to spend and I put it into Facebook or I put it into Google or programmatic or digital retargeting or TV or addressable TV or on a home or direct mail, what you should be looking at is, you know, which channel is going to provide the best return or which mix of channels is going to provide the best return. I can tell you definitively after being, you know, in this business for six years, measuring every single campaign that, that goes off the posty platform, which is in the thousands, setting hundreds of millions of, of you know, ad campaigns um, or, or reach within those ad campaigns. Um, uh, Direct now definitively is as efficient as any other channel. So when you look at dollar spent return on investment, um, you know, oftentimes it's it's you know more performant, it's more efficient than 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 Facebook or 
um, the non-branded search. Hard, it's hard to beat branded search, of course. Um, when you so so if that's you know what you're thinking about, what am I spending my money on? What am I getting? Like no, there there's 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 no difference to actually you know uh, a better value in direct mail than most other channels. The however the the alternative piece is when you look at the cost to reach each individual, it's it's more expensive in direct mail. Mm -hmm. The cost of a stamp, paper, gas, and logistics to get that piece of mail delivered, etc. Um, you know, definitively, if you're looking at a fickle, you know, email send or a you know a 300 by 250 banner ad or a you know a Facebook or Instagram newsfeed ad, you know, those on a per impression basis are are much lower. Um, or, or I wouldn't even say impression. I would call it a per reach basis because with direct mail piece, oftentimes you're getting thousands of impressions because it's sitting on your refrigerator or coffee table. But but to reach that individual, because of that, um, uh, what we found is that software, technology, insights, knowledge, ability to test and optimize is more important in direct mail, arguably, than some of these other channels because you know the difference between optimized campaigns and and inoptimized campaigns. Um, or uh, unoptimized campaigns, I believe is the right term, um, you know, is a dramatic difference in, in the eventual return on ad spend you're getting from that, from, from that budget. Um, so, you know, for, because of that, you know, we're very confident that the investment that we're making in building these tools, these technologies, um, surfacing insights and providing the tools in the hands of marketers has a potential bigger value add to the marketing ecosystem than building incremental tools in some of these more inexpensive media channels where there's a little bit less risk on a campaign by campaign basis. So mm -hmm. again, to, to just like clarify, yes, it's more expensive to reach an individual through direct mail than it is through some other digital channels. But when you look at the conversion, expected conversion rates, the quality of the, the conversions, the total revenue generated from those conversions, um, it's oftentimes much cheaper. And I imagine, like, so to that point, you're probably not typically blast mailing like the Valpac coupon books to every household in most neighborhoods, right? Like you are you are doing some sophisticated analysis to target on an individual by individual basis or based on certain demographics or, or what have you, uh, whatever that filtering criteria criteria is. You're using that to make sure that you are targeting through direct mail, the most likely to be um, the highest return on investment um, customers and, and targets for those particular com campaigns. hundred uh, percent. You know, when we look at like the evolution of kind of quantitative digital um, advertising, you know, there was a time when ads were bought contextually, right? Mm -hmm. It was, um, you know, I'm going to buy ads on ESPN because I believe, you know, my prospect customers are interested in sports or I'm going to buy, um, you know, I'm a beauty brand. And so I'm going to buy, you know, ads on some of the Condé Nast, you know, um, beauty magazine websites because that just seems to align well. It's how TV ads were bought, right? Like generally these demographics watch Friends in primetime. And so I'm going to advertise, you know, and, and, and buy TV spots during Friends. You know, the, the transformation was really in kind of like programmatic and unlocking the, the power of, of being able to buy audiences. So instead of saying, hey, I'm gonna buy an ad on this website that's gonna reach anyone that goes to this website, 
um, you know, technology allowed you to say, as an advertiser, say, hey, you know, I'm going to build this segment of, of prospects using whatever math or data science or insights we have. And I want to serve my ads on any of these websites, providing that it's reaching these specific or individuals in these specific segments. And mm -hmm. all of a sudden, performance gains went through the roof. Facebook did the exact same thing when it was all like, you know, by, you know, it was really contextual. It was like people that generally look like, you know, or that generally like these type of pages, like that was like the best target you could buy on, on Facebook. And then all of a sudden they rolled out their back end, you know, kind of black box data science, machine learning engine that allowed you to upload your own first party data sets and then train lookalike models that would target specific individuals on Facebook that looked like your best customers rather than just targeting everyone that happens to engage with the fan page that you know that you think is contextually relevant we do the exact same thing in direct mail so instead of saying hey you know and, and direct mail used to be bought contextually right it used to be like hey i'm going to go license the better homes and garden subscribe you know magazine subscription list and i'm going to send you know a direct mail piece to everyone or my catalog to everyone in that audience you know what Posty is doing is saying, hey, you have all this you know, knowledge about your customer base and the different segments within your customers. In some cases, you, you might not have as much knowledge about them as you, you would like, but you have access to that data. So, you know, connect your CRM to your Posty account. Use all this amazing, you know, data science and machine learning and data available on the Posty platform, just like it is on, you know, available on programmatic platforms or social platforms to gain insights into the unique qualities of different segments of your customers and then and then build audiences on the Posty platform that look most similar to the best you know, segments or the best individuals within your CRM and isolate budget just targeting those individuals. And what you find is tremendously high conversion rates, you know, a much higher you know, average order value, a much higher expected lifetime value, you know, the total revenue that those, those customers you know, um, contribute over time, the engagement with your brand over time. And those are all things that we learned throughout the last you know, decade and a half as you know, technology um, you know, opened up the possibility of, of, of targeting and knowledge and insights and optimization on digital. And and you know what we found you know through experimentation and, and building you know building you know the platform that that we work on day in day out is that all of those same capabilities all of the same performance gains can be had in, in direct mail it's a really special channel difference is you're engaging them with a really you know high touch tangible you know ad that that has a very long shelf life living on a coffee table or a kitchen table or a end table or a refrigerator. Um, and, and that's just been really fascinating to, to see. I, I'm curious how the content and copy of the advertising and, and these marketing messages, obviously they've got to be different than your banner ads or other things that are existing purely in, in virtual channels, electronic internet based channels. How does an organization figure out how to do this old school direct like actually sending pieces of paper? I don't even know. Like, are you using do you have that kind of service or do people use their own ad agencies or how do you make that leap? Because I have to imagine that's substantially different than what you're accustomed to in terms of the, the content of your advertising on Internet versus direct mail. Okay, I'm going to blow your mind. Um, so we have found the opposite to be true. 
Huh. Um, and that that actually is, a, that's, I think, a nice thing for all of your listeners that are, you know, potentially, um, you know, sitting here maybe nervous. I've never done direct mail. Like, you know, you know how, yeah, how, how do I design a, an ad for direct mail? You know, one of the exercises that we do with, with advertisers that are new to direct mail is, you know, in one of the initial conversations when we're talking about creative and, and some of the maybe, um, you know, design elements they want to bring into a piece of mail is, we'll just do a screen share and go onto their Instagram page. Mm. And the first thing we'll do is we'll look for the Instagram um, images that um, that got the most engagement. Um, and then we'll pull up, we'll have them bring their top performing Facebook ads or, or Instagram newsfeed ads. And then we'll have them share examples of, you know, the best performing email ads that or banner ads that they've run and what their best, you know, homepage or landing pages look like. And more times than not, they're common themes in all of them. They're using, you know, they found that lifestyle imagery works best or um, product photography works best or a specific hero product. They'll find that a specific, you know, headline or tone works, you know, works best, you know, more times than not. And you and, and it's not about designing something that looks like an old, you know, 1982, um, you know, direct mail ad. It's something that's consistent with your brand message. And mm-hmm. you have a certain, you know, size of an ad format that you want to use and you should a hundred percent be designing that to have the same look and feel as your digital media that you've already tested and optimized and have insights on. Um, it, it really is that simple. And we've even had advertisers that tested just taking an apps, like, like a direct, um, you know, uh, you know, image from their Instagram ad, to, you know, resizing it to fit on a, on a postcard using the exact same text that they had, um, in that ad, you know, it's an overlay onto the, the direct mail piece ad and it's been a top, and, and, and more times than not, those are top performing ads versus something that looks like a traditional direct mail ad. Remember, these are just humans. It's literally, it's the same human that you're engaging with, you know, while they're falling asleep, like, like thumbing through TikToks or, you know, Instagram reels. It's just now you have something, you know, tangible and physical that they get to, you know, look at almost like a, you know, an ad or sorry, a piece of artwork, which is no different than what you're going for in your, you know, eye catching, you know, newsfeed ads. And there's certainly a parallel uh, in my mind right now. There's a parallel between being like a podcast host and, and doing advertising marketing for your business. Like as a podcast host, I come up with hypotheses on the fly. I ask questions sometimes and I've got to be completely willing to be 100% wrong like I was in the last hypothesis that you just explained, but it gets us to more knowledge. And so there's there are opportunities to do a direct mail campaign. You mentioned that there's an ability to do A-B testing. There's an ability to do uh, samples of things to figure out, hey, what does work best? We think we know what's going to work best, but because you're interacting with this tangible mechanism, you can get much more clarity on what actually is working or not, because when they open that piece of mail, they, you know what that is. You know what has gotten to them. I think a lot of times when we are dealing with Internet-based advertising, there's so much chaos on most people's screens. You may not actually get as true of a view into what's happening for that person looking at that message because it's encumbered by so many other things all at the same time. I think you have maybe a more pure, oddly enough, a more pure feedback loop. How's that hypothesis? Is that true? (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, I mean, I I think that um, there are certainly... You know, when you think about the full marketing stack, there are times that you're trying to you know, tell a story and it's not about 
just driving, you know, uh, a click through or a lead or a transaction. It's about, you know, brand awareness. It's about tones, about engagement. There are other times where you're really trying to dig in deep and, and, and close the loop on that transaction or revenue generating, um, you know, engagement with a, a prospect or a customer. And, and I think it, within each channel, um, different campaigns, um, you know, have different goals. Um, there are times that it's more branding. There are times where it's, you know, it's um, in, engagement driven. It's time, it's time um, where it's, it's purely revenue driven. And I think the blend of those things are what make, you know, um, advertising, you know, you know, work harmoniously together. Um, I do love something you said early on in that, that, um, um, that comment, which is, I think about like being right or, or being wrong. You know, they used to talk about how like being a weatherman is like a great job because you only have to be right like 25% of the time. Um, I mean, that's the same thing with, with being a marketer these days, right? Like you got to check your ego at the door. Yes. You have to come, you know, be creative and thoughtful and understand your business and, you have to have conviction and then put that, you know, those can, you know, that, that information to work, but you, you also get to go into, you know, data-driven marketing initiatives with hypotheses that it's not about what am I right or am I wrong? It's about how do you create, you know, um, very dramatically different experiences, um, different offers, different looks and feels, different imagery, different cadences and audiences and targets, et cetera, to try and, um, you know, uncover, you know, what, you know, what is likely to work and where you're seeing results. And then if you start with a good hypothesis and you have good, um, you know, measurement in place, then at the end of each cycle of testing, you're walking away learning a ton that you can then put to work for more efficiency later on. It's not about, it's about being a scientist more than, you know, today, as much as it is about being kind of a, you know, a creative or a, um, or bringing knowledge to, you know, to, um, to the game. Obviously, you know, the best scientists, are, you know, learn as they go and, you know, evolve over time and the best marketers do as well. But, mm -hmm. um, but I would argue probably the worst scientists are those that come in, you know, you know, with all the answers initially versus with the hypotheses. And same thing with markers. If you come with all the answers, like chances are you're wrong a bunch of the time. And if, if you come in with all the hypotheses, then you're right 100% of the time because there's always going to be one um, you know, test um, panel that, that outperforms the other. And guess what? You came up with both of them or all four of them or all 10 of them. And so whichever one works, you're right. Um, you just got to keep testing. Right. Well, and that's that's the whole point, right, is, is you, you have to keep learning. You have to keep testing. You have to keep kind of peeling back that understanding to get at what is the most effective strategy. And that's kind of true anytime we use data for anything is that we, we recognize that we are always trying to use what has happened in the past or what we've been able to infer from what's happened in the past to predict the future. And there's always gonna be some amount of variance to what actually happens. I wanna talk a little bit more about Posty in particular, because I think about, like, obviously we've focused a lot on the on the direct mail marketing piece of this, but I am curious, like, how does all of this fit together? Do you, at Posty, do you also manage digital marketing efforts and and the, the ad copy and all of that? You talked a little bit about some of that, that investigation, but I'm curious, like, where does Posty provide these services um, and where do you then plug into other things that organizations may have going on already? Sure. Um, great question. So to date, we have we are we've definitively put all of our effort and focus into building, a, you know, really technology that we think is transforming um, the way that advertisers engage with direct mail or that brands engage okay. with direct mail. So everything that we do and we think about, um, 
you know, is certainly lives within the construct of understanding full funnel marketing and omnichannel marketing, nothing lives in a vacuum, but the technology, the tools, the execution, um, how we, um, you know, uh, um, you know, the, 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 the total offering lives within direct mail specifically. Doesn't mean at some point we couldn't look at other stackable channels, but for right now, we want to deliver the market the absolute best, most sophisticated solution to, you know, to win in the direct mail space. Um, with that being said, part of what makes you know, winning in any space possible is the connection between what you're doing in other channels and um, and unlocking the power of your first party data. So Posty integrates with all of your CRMs. Um, it integrates with any of you know anywhere that you're storing data, whether it's a cube database or it's your own homegrown database or backend um, or uh, an e-commerce platform um, or marketplace pl yeah, third party platform. So. All of your first party data can flow into your Posty account. And, and, and then we'll, we make it really um, simple to unlock insights and understand kind of the unique qualities of various individuals, cluster segments, et cetera, within those, um, those, um, uh, you know, those data pipes that you carry. And so any of the attributes and features that you have, um, you know, things like, you know, what other ad channels that individual engaged with before being a customer, you know, what, you know, um, you know, how much they spend, what products they're purchasing, any of those data points and attributes that you're collecting on, on your first party data can be um, surfaced in your Posty account, can help you think about, um, uh, you know, additional ways to engage with that, with that individual or segment. Um, all of the media itself, what you do with that information, all you know, all ultimately results in you know a piece of mail being sent to an individual or group of individuals um, based on rule sets and you know targeting and and um, you know segmentation and and you know with that being said, the direct mail channel you know is a full final channel. That's one of those things that I think um, so, some marketers are surprised about because they thought about direct mail as you know, just for prospecting, and they thought about direct mail just for CRM. And what you know, what we've learned, and I think proven to um, you know to you know post to clients um, time and time again, is that you know direct mail is an incredibly powerful um, tool to to prospect and acquire brand new customers. It's a, it's a tool that you know it's a, it's a media channel that plays really nicely and can drive incrementality and lift across all your other channels as well. So to, it can make Facebook performance better. It can make your email performance better. It can make your programmatic display better. It can make your TV perform better. Um, it's also an unbelievable channel for engaging CRM initiatives, whether it's mm. re-engaging lapsed customers, whether it's driving yeah, um, incremental transactions, it's increasing, increasing your um, average order value. And then you, know, you have all this first party behavioral data, website visitors, mobile app engagement, et cetera. And you're finding programmatic ways to do things like digital retargeting. You can do the same type of campaigns um, in direct mail as well. So you can use how someone you know, engages with your website as signal to, um, to, to act as kind of a decision engine and say, hey, you know, if we just touch this person one more time with the piece of direct mail, they're two times more likely to actually, you know, convert after you know researching a product on our website, et cetera. Um, so while while we are, you know, at Posty, directly focused on direct mail as a media channel, 
um, the technology allows you to bring all of um, the information, insights that um, and and interaction that you're gaining from your other um, channels, specifically digital channels in particular, um, to to get direct mail to play nicely within your um, media mix. You said something there that I want to ask a, a clarifying question on. Are you actually able to track, like, if a person gets a piece of direct mail? Are you able to then link that person to an online engagement and uh, interaction as well? Is is that something that you're able to do? Yeah, yeah. There there are ways through um, through identity and and depending on the way that the advertiser it's, um, themselves um, collect data to triangulate recipients of a piece of direct mail back to um, you know an action, whether it's a conversion or a website visitor or a lead, um, um, you know, foreign completion. Etc. and um, and actually put a conversion rate and a return on ad spend um, uh, number with high conviction on on any of those campaigns. Yeah, certainly once you get to a conversion, I could see that definitely you're, you're gonna have name information. You're likely gonna have address information, and then like there's there's ways to join that for sure. But it is interesting to think that you could do that prior to conversion as well. I imagine not all the time, but it, it's definitely a nice way to think about like linking that data together gives you a tremendous amount of insight into the effectiveness of your campaigns. And that's, I think. Yeah. Really look, at the end of the day, you tip an advertiser. Well, look, a business is run based on revenues. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, ultimately, you know, a typical you know, brand is, is going to want to measure their you know, advertising spend, you know, tied back to a revenue generating action. And as you talked about, that's a pretty easy, straightforward way to, 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 um, uh, to make happen in direct mail. Um, we have our own proprietary software, we make it happen in real time. And, and so you can make decisions quicker and get excited about performance trends. But then, you know, oftentimes there's the game is like, how do you get bigger data sets quicker to be able to make directional optimizations, even if your ultimate goal is to optimize against, you know, a revenue generating event. And so, you know, the, the more um, data that you can capture, um, you know, higher in the funnel, you're just getting more, you're getting more data quicker and, and you can help shape, um, you know, the trajectory of, of, of how, how efficient, you know, you can make the channel quicker and reduce some of the wasted, you know, um, budget and um, spend. And that, that's always a big, big game, right? It's like everybody wants to learn fast. The typical way that you learn fast is by putting more budget to work. Um, if you're going to put more budget to work, you know, how can you eliminate some of the risk of, of that budget and, and looking at optimizations, you know, deeper in funnel, how they engage with the website, do they, you know, become a, a email, you know, newsletter subscriber, um, you know, are they filling out a lead form? Are they spending a bunch of time on your website or are they just, you know, bouncing after, you know, visiting, you know, a homepage and realizing it's not for them. You know, all of those, those um, data points can be used to help, um, you know, strengthen, you know, future um, optimizations in your your media, and, and that can be done through through direct mail as well. Got it. So while we still have a couple minutes, I just want to ask, what is the kind of minimum, or you know, even with the whole range of of the investment in terms of cost or in terms of time commitment to exploring direct mail that organizations should should have in mind? Is there like a minimum viable threshold or a maximum viable threshold for for who this works? Well, I can tell you that um, that um, when we engage with brands, we we try very hard to 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 get them to think in 
what we find is is more appropriate terms. Um, you know, it doesn't happen often, and it's usually when we're talking to a brand who hasn't engaged in direct mail before. Um, they're usually a little bit smaller of a business at this point, and they may ask something like, you know, what's the least amount of money that we could spend to test this channel, right? And um, and we always try and change that conversation through education so that they eventually you know change that question. I, you know, ideally they get them there themselves, and then their question becomes like, what's the right amount of budget to actually you know walk away from an initial test with some real learnings? That like right because like you could spend tiny little budgets, but like you're not going to get you know I mean you're a data show right like it's. You, mm -hmm. you know, you know, mathematical significance matters. You know, you need big enough pools of results in order to actually be learning something. You need to be able to test enough, you know, ads, creatives, messages, audiences, models, lookalikes, mm -hmm. et cetera, in order to be able to kind of find your way into, you know, what what's driving performance and what's, you know, what's not driving performance. Um, when we think about structuring tests, it's never like a, what does a campaign need to look like for, for us to walk away and, and, and find results? We look in terms of, of what we call POVs, proof of value. So it's typically anywhere from like three to six month investment in the channel to be able to map out some initial tests that, that map you know, to your most pressing marketing goals, get those tests in the wild, capture some results, analyze those results, tweak you know, um, kind of the next set of tests, rinse and repeat a few times so that at the end of that um, cycle of testing, um, you know, we're, we're, we have a lot of confidence that we understand what's working, what's not working. Doesn't mean everything's perfectly optimized, but like there's high conviction that this is a channel that is showing signs of life. We generally have a path and some knowledge on where we want to invest and lean in to, to continue to drive towards the performance gains we need to make this a big scalable channel. Th that ranges in, in companies, right? I think it's a lot of it's tied to, um, you know, whether it's the consideration value of the transaction, if it's a, you're talking about a $60,000 car, right? Like budgets need to be bigger because the conversion rates are lower. If you're talking about, you know, $50 clothing and apparel purchases, budgets can be can be lower, but in all case, cases, I highly recommend whether someone engages with Posty or any other, you know, provider of direct mail that, if you're not prepared to to you know commit to the channel for a you know for a series of months and and um, really kind of lean into testing the channel versus not versus just throwing out a campaign and hoping it works miraculously, um, I would say hold off until you're there. Um, but if you're if you're ready and you're looking at this channel and saying like this is a channel that can be big and scalable, I know my competitors are working in it. I know that Facebook is you know with iOS 14 you know changes has you know, has, has, you know, hurt performance and I'm worried about the cookie disappearing, all those things like then, then you should show up to the direct mail channel, excited, recognizing there's a ton of value, a ton of opportunity, but that, yeah, you, you really want to lean in with the channel and, and find a way to do that, um, you know, meaningfully. Um, and, and that does take some budget and does take some time and effort. Um, it's not a full-time, doesn't have to be a full-time person dedicated just to direct mail, but mm -hmm. yeah, you want to be in it for you know for enough cycles of testing to really walk away with learnings on the back end. So so what I'm hearing is is that if you're say I don't know a data podcast with a marketing budget in the tens of dollars, you are probably not the right right customer for Posty. But and I joke, but it, it's something where, I don't joke about the budget, but I joke about like the the context of of doing uh, a direct mail for for a podcast. But it's um. What I'm hearing is, though, you, you need to be 
serious about marketing. You need to have enough scale that you're serious about marketing and spending some on it because I would imagine that direct mail, just like any other channel, is if you don't do the work to understand what's working, you are going to waste a lot of money on the back end regardless. And and so go into it with a thoughtful approach is, is probably the best advice and, and recognize that it is going to take some investment to get a viable return. Or, or the opposite, right? You like test something and like you throw out one creative and one audience that, that like some random company built a model on and, and, and you're like, oh, we tried direct mail doesn't work for us. And, and now right. you're giving up on, right. on a channel that could be your biggest source of growth for the next 10 years. Right. Right. Like terrible. Yeah, that, that makes How horrible sense too. is that? Yeah. Well, and, and that's, it's just like anything in business is, is you have to approach it a thoughtful way and recognize if you have blinders to a situation and you just dabble with it, but not enough to actually learn from it, then you could be just closing yourself off to an entirely viable path that would have been extremely fruitful if you had just given it the right approach or in the right thought and the right investment to be to begin with. So it certainly right. certainly right. resonates. So with that, I think we are uh, beyond out of time, as is our tradition here at Data Leadership Lessons. Uh, before we go, what's the best way for folks to find you? Yeah, so certainly if you're interested in, in learning more about you know Posty or or our approach to direct mail or just direct mail in general, posty.com, P-O-S-T-I-E.com. Um, is uh, we work hard to publish great content, and um, that's a great place to start. Um, and certainly, if you want to go further and get in, in contact with our team, um, um, you know, you can submit your information, and, and um, we're quite good at, at um, following up. Um, if you have questions directly for me, um, uh, LinkedIn is is kind of my platform of choice. Um, their messaging app is great, and um, then I get to see who you are when you want to. And you connect as well. Um, so so um, I believe I'm Dave L. Fink, F-I-N-K, is my handle at um, LinkedIn. And certainly if you look up Dave Fink um, Posty, um, you'll have no issues finding me on, on that platform. Outstanding. Dave, thank you for being on the show today. It's been great. A fascinating conversation. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Um, great questions. I hope there was some value here for your audience. Absolutely. And thank you all for joining us today. As always, you'll find more information about our guests and links in the show notes. Go to dataleadershiplessons.com to subscribe and check out past episodes and accelerate your journey with training at dataleadershiptraining.com. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact.